praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And thank you, Jesus. Well, it's around that time right here on KAZ Radio, where I have one of my most favorite parabolists, none other than the parabolist, Deborah A. Wright. How you doing, parabolist? I'm feeling wonderful today. It's two o'clock on Friday, and you know what time that is. Time for just telling my stories. Um, Today was a little uncomfortable for me, but we're going to talk about changes in our lives. I got my hair, no wig, no anything. I look back at the different shows, and I think I had a different hairstyle every single week. And trying to cover the reality of I lost my hair to chemo. And so today, the stories that I want to tell you about are stories about how we need to embrace the season that we're in. There was a season where I had long black hair in college. There was a season where perms and different things had damaged it. And now there's a season that I've gone through some things in my life, and my hair indicates that I'm a victor. It's not a negative thing, but sometimes it's just hard to really embrace the season that we're in. I looked on my phone and it gave me a um, reminder that on Sunday we changed the clock back Saturday night. So another season is beginning. So I just wanted to pick stories today to help you to be able to embrace the seasons of your life. I also wanted to make some announcements today that I'm very excited about it. Most of you know that I'm a co-host with Lady Flo Duggar on the popular show, Gifts to the Body. We had our strategic planning session on last week, and we had a wonderful time. And God just really downloaded some powerful events and things that we're going to be having for the year. The first one I want to announce, and you'll hear more about it, it's going to be on April 18th. So I just want you to save the date for April 18th for the first annual workshop of gifts to the body the show that I do every other Wednesday at from six to seven with Lady Flo Duggar also some other events on Monday Thursday I will be speaking at Evangelist Bobby Joe Curry's event at Mount Zion Church um, you can find details on Facebook for that and also on Good Friday I will be portraying one of the Marys at the cross at Evangelist Georgette's event. You can look on my Facebook and you'll see those different events and come out and support them if you're not doing anything. But like again, I said, we're going to talk about seasons and embracing the season that you're in in your life. Um, Yes, I would prefer to have my hair back and my hair the color it was. And I kind of like when it first came back, it was snow white. But then the darker colors started to come in. But I'm learning to embrace this season because I don't ever, ever, ever plan on cutting my hair off again, even though I didn't cut it. So while it is the way it is, I'll embrace it the way it is. Now, the first story that I want to tell you is from the year Uncle Bubba Jack died. And these books are available on Amazon.com, Deborah A. Wright. And yeah, Deborah A. Wright, and you can find them, you can buy them. And the purpose of me putting stories in the book is so that you can share them with your grandchildren, with your family, with your friends, when you have your different family events. Stories are healing, stories are soothing, stories can be funny, stories can encourage you. So that's why I tell stories. The first one, um, I performed this one last week at the Breen, a couple of weeks ago now, at the Breen Center. 
and it's called Ratty Old Natty Old Quilt. How many of you remember those quilts that your grandmother made and they were all different pieces and everything? Those are the heaviest, warmest things you can have in the wintertime. Well, this is a story about a quilt, but it's also a story of a lady that's in a different season in her life. She was at the season where she was young and vibrant and could take care of her children. But then as the years went by, she got to the season where her children needed to take care of her. So again, this is Ratty Old Natty Old Quilt. Now, Mama Mamie had four kids who had four kids and they had even more kids. Now, Mama Mamie had gotten up in age and found it difficult to live by herself and take care of herself anymore. For the past few years, different family members took turns keeping her. Now, no one seemed to mind. At least, it's the least they could do for her raising four kids the way she did all by herself when their father died in the war. Now, Mama Mamie was no problem to keep at all. She was not a big talker. She minded her own business, and she only spoke with her tongue dipped in love and bathed in wisdom and she taught her children to do the same now every few months she would move to the next sibling she liked it this way because she never stayed long enough to become a burden to anyone in the family and she got to see all kinds of different places now everywhere mama Mamie went everybody knew it her famous handmade quilt went with her and it would sit prominently in its place on the arm of the sofa in the sitting room. The whole family knew the story of the family quilt, but it was special, and it was welcomed right along with Mama Mamie whenever it went. Now, it would be too much to expect to believe that things would stay the same in a family. One of the brothers got remarried after the death of his wife. Now, over time, it was time for Mama Mamie to go to the newlyweds house. <laughs> Mama Mamie had gotten along with Tony's new wife so far. They've never had any problems, and nobody expected anything different. Now, the day when Mama Mamie moved into the newlyweds home, she was welcomed with open arms. It wasn't long before Kim, Tony's wife, noticed the quilt. <laughs> Now, every time Kim would take that quilt off of the couch and place it in Mama Mamie's room, it would reappear right back on the couch. Still being somewhat a newlywed, Kim wasn't stupid. She knew better than to raise any sand between her new husband and his mama. So she kept, every time she found it, she kept taking it back to Mama Mamie's room. But that quilt gave her the creeps. It was just something about it she didn't understand. Now, it was always clean and pressed, but it simply did not belong in her living room. Kim had moved in Tony's house when they got married. Now, it was time for a change all around. New furniture, new decor. Yes, a woman's touch is exactly what it needed. She had cleared out the closets and donated a lot of old things and was ready for new surroundings, including new furniture. When the furniture came, the house looked nice. Kim had added her touch, and in her mind, this was the last of that ready old natty old quilt. Ha! When the new furniture came, 
Kim was frustrated to no end because every single time she would remove that old quilt, it would mysteriously end back up on her new furniture. At a family outing, Kim felt comfortable with one of the other sister-in-laws, and she approached her and said, Now, don't get me wrong. I love Mama Mamie, but what is it with Mama Mamie and that quilt? Her sister-in-law's eyes lit up and a smile came across her face. She went on to explain that the family quilt was a family heirloom. Clothing and items from four generations back were in that quilt. Mama Mamie's mother, her grandmother, and her great-grandmother had all added pieces to that quilt. And during a house fire years back, the quilt was the only family heirloom that survived. You see, precious memories were in that quilt. Even Cousin Percy, who was a slave, his clothing was in that quilt. It was so special to everyone, and they cherished that quilt. Wow. Nobody ever told Kim the story of the quilt. And it touched her to her core. You see, Kim was raised up moving from one foster home to another. She never had a chance to know what it felt like to have a family history. A lot of times she even wondered, was there anyone in the whole wide world with the same blood as she had? She never knew any of her family. A tear rolled down Kim's face. She couldn't wait to get back home and put the quilt on her new sofa. Kim got back home before her husband and Mama Mamie, and she went into Mama Mamie's room and got the quilt to place it in its rightful place. As she cradled that ratty old natty old quilt in her arms, for the first time she could feel all the love that was in the quilt. And something on the inside of her was changing as she held that quilt. She thought about a quilt that she had when she was a young child in the orphanage and the nights that she hung onto that quilt and wished that she could have a real family. Somehow along the way, that quilt got lost. Upon returning to the living room with the quilt, she lovingly placed the quilt in its rightful place. And it's, as soon as she laid it down, she noticed a new patch on the quilt. And to her surprise, it was a piece of one of the old dresses that she had thrown away. Mama Mamie, even though she was sick and ailing, had taken the time to lovingly add Kim to the quilt. This new addition was a way of officially welcoming Kim into the family. Kim cried and hung on to that quilt. You see, for the first time in her life, she felt like she was part of a family. A real family. When her husband and Mama Mamie came home, they found her fast asleep on the sofa, wrapped in that quilt like a newborn baby. When her husband and Mama Mamie came, her husband went to go to her and, and wake her up and, and see what was going on. But Mama Mamie said, no, baby. She needs that. You see, there's healing in that quilt. There's things that she need in that quilt. Just let her rest. She's got a lot of healing to do. And they let her sleep on the couch with that quilt. 
Kim slept all night long peacefully, wrapped warmly in that quilt. In the morning when she woke, she was amazed to see that she was still there. She quickly got up and ran and she saw the light on in Mama Mamie's room. And she ran and she said, Mama Mamie, please forgive me. Forgive me, Mama Mamie. And she asked Mama Mamie, would she tell her some of the stories in that quilt? And Mama Mamie agreed. Around this time, it was time for Mama Mamie to move on to the next sibling's house. But Kim, now being a family member, called a family meeting. And she told the rest of the family that they had been blessed to have Mama Mamie in their lives all of their lives. And she requested that the family allow her to have another three months with Mama Mamie. You see, she had some stories to catch up on. The family laughed and they agreed. Kim and Mama Mamie spent those next few months laughing and sharing every single story on that quilt. And not only that, Mama Mamie was going blind and her hands were feeble and arthritis. She taught Kim how to add new family members to the quilt. <laughs> oh, it was a wonderful time that they spent together. Now, Kim's official new assignment was to take over Mama Mamie's place and add all the new members to the quilt and share all of the family stories with new family members. Kim proudly displayed the quilt. She used to call it a ratty old natty old quilt, but she gave it a new name. It was a love quilt. It represented family pride and love and Kim loved her new family even more than before. She learned a powerful lesson that blood was not the only way to come into a family. But every now and then, you could be quilted in with love. You see, not only did Mama Mamie have a new season where she had to depend on her children to take care of her, Kim had a new season where she had to a new family, a family that loved her, a family that embraced her, and it didn't matter if nobody else in the world had the same blood. She had a new family. So again, we're talking about embracing different seasons in our lives. There's another story in this book, um, The Year Uncle Bubba Jack Died, that's called My Brother's Keeper. And these are older stories. This one is copywritten 2004. And, you know, sometimes in life we have good seasons where we're up on top, and then we have those seasons where we just can't seem to put two things together. Seasons of unemployment, seasons of job loss, seasons of sickness, seasons of death, all kinds of seasons. Well, this is a season about a man named Joe. Joe had a good job. As a matter of fact, Joe had a good life. A beautiful wife, two kids, a house in the suburbs, and a great job in the city. A great paying job in the city. You see, Joe was on the fast track. He got promotion after promotion because he was a hard worker, dedicated and enthusiastic about his job. Joe would get up early and take the train into the city to his office. He would get there and head to his favorite coffee shop and get his same coffee and bagel every morning. 
Now, one day, he had just picked up his coffee and his bagel, and he headed towards his office when he noticed a slight commotion right outside of his door. As he got closer, he realized that all of the commotion was over a homeless man resting in the alley near the office entrance. Joe smiled and nodded at the man, and the man smiled and nodded back at Joe. Now the next day Joe saw the same commotion near his office door. It was the same man. This time Joe gave the man his coffee and his bagel. The man smiled and nodded. Joe decided that he would have to brave his secretary's coffee today. On second thought, he'd just do it out. (laughs) The next day Joe remembered the man while he was in the coffee shop and he bought two cups of coffee and three bagels just in case the man was still there. He was there at the doorway as before. Joe handed him the coffee and the bag with the bagels in it. The man smiled and nodded. Joe smiled and nodded right back at him. This went on for a few days and Joe actually looked forward to seeing his new friend. They never spoke a word, just a smile and a nod. One weekend, Joe noticed that the weather was getting cooler. He decided to take one of his gym bags and fill it with some items for his new friend. The homeless man was about Joe's size. He was about Joe's age, and he even put in a nearly new ski jacket, warm hats and gloves, and a pair of hiking boots, shaving products, deodorant, and the like. He could hardly wait to Monday to give them to his new friend. Now, this time, along with the coffee and the bagel, he handed his new friend the duffel bag. His friend really smiled and nodded this time. The next day, his friend was in the same spot, shaven and cleaned up with his new clothes on, and talk about perfect fit. Joe felt so great. Now, every now and then, he would put $20 in the bag with the coffee and the bagel for his new friend. And this went on for quite a few weeks. Just a smile and a nod between them. One day, Joe picked up the coffee and the bagel only to notice that his friend was no longer there. Joe was sad. He continued to bring coffee and bagel for a few days, but there was no sign of his friend. Joe's company faced hard times. Over the course of three months, they were out of business, and Joe was out of a job. The money that he and his wife had saved slipped away over the next year or so. Joe was always overqualified. He couldn't find a job. His wife found a job, but she couldn't keep up with the level of expenses that they had built up. They started selling off items and were down to the luxury car. Joe loved his car, but Joe loved his family too. So they traded in the car for a hoopty. One week they managed to pay all of the main bills, but Joe realized that they didn't have any money for food. No one said a word. They all went to bed hungry. Joe tossed and turned all night. He knew that he had to do something to feed his family. 
He remembered seeing a church not too far away that fed those who needed a meal. Early the next morning, he gathered his family in the hoopty and they headed over to the church. There was absolute silence in the car. He ushered his wife and children to the front of the line and the food was a welcome sight. With his head hung low, he held out his plate, too ashamed to look up. But out of the corner of his eyes, he noticed the person serving the food looked somewhat familiar to him, but he didn't know where he had seen him before. After the meal, they were instructed to pull up their car and they were given food for the rest of the week. Joe was so relieved, his family could finally eat. When they got home and unloaded the boxes of food, Joe noticed that there was a note in the box. The note read, Dear Brother Joe, Words cannot express how appreciative I am for the coffee and the bagels and the cash that you blessed me with when my company went bankrupt. I was able to take the clothes and find a job and get up on my feet again. I was blessed to start my business again, and I am doing extremely well. I promise to give back to someone else just like you gave to me when I was down and out. I heard about your company going under. I would love for you to come and work with me. There was a business card in the package, and there was also $500 cash in the package. The note went on to say, how about Monday? Thanks again, Joe. You see, there's seasons in our time where in our lives where we're on top, but things outside of our control can instantly turn the tables. I think about people that are in Nashville, you know, last week or a week or so ago, they had their beautiful homes and their jobs and their cars and, and their lives, even some of them. But something out of their control, a tornado turned their lives up topsy-turvy. But I chose these stories to tell you that there is hope. There is encouragement. We can realize that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And those of us that know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we know that he knows these things that happen. He knows that you don't have enough money to pay all your bills. He knows that you may be facing going to jail or, or, or hiding from the law or hiding from someone, but you need to turn your life over to Jesus. Suicide is never the answer. Getting discouraged and depressed don't help the situation. But to turn your heart to Jesus and let him encourage you. A couple of weeks ago for my cancer project, I had some teddy bears left over and I took them to the cancer ward where I was at. Because that could be a lonely place, not saying any other place in the hospital is it, but I believe that because that's what my journey is and my struggle is, that's what struggle was. That's the people that I can help because I can relate to them. I can relate what it feels like to have chemo and know that poison is coursing through your veins. I can relate to later finding out that 
you know, you, I thought I dodged a bullet for radiation, but at my three-month um, appointment, they found scar tissue, and I had to go do radiation. You know, and that's a scary feeling. Wonder, well, did the cancer come back or whatever? But praise God, it was only scar tissue. But I just wanted this show to encourage you that this season, embrace this season. No, I hated not wearing a wig today or not wearing a hat today, but this is me. This is Debbie. This is who I am. I look at some of the pictures with the wigs and stuff, and I was like, I don't know who that is. And even now, I don't recognize my own reflection sometimes. But we have to be proud and confident of who we are in whatever season it is because God is the one that determines our seasons. We don't determine our seasons. There's um, This is my last book. It's bald. Another hairstyle. No hair. <laughs> so from there to here, I'm grateful. And there is a poem in here called Through the Test. When I asked you, would you trust me? You gently said, I will. When I asked if you would give up all, for you no bitter pill. When I asked if I could use you, you yielded out your hand. When I asked if you would go tell others, you obeyed my command. But you loved me enough to obey, not knowing all the story. For by your humble faithfulness, you've given me the glory. Well, my child, you've proven your faith is as pure as Job's. And as for what I'll do for you, the half has not been told. Just ask for what you will in faith, and surely I will give. For you've made it through another test. Rise up, my child, and live. So instead of me worrying about the scars that I have and my feet not being sandal ready for this summer and different other things, I thank God that this is my new crown. This is my new symbol that I survived. Stage four cancer, since I found out I had it in May last year, a lot of people have gone on to their reward. So you may wonder, why did this woman get on every single week and tell these stories from 1999 or whatever? Because I promised God, he gave me stories. And the stories were just to sit and write a story and put in a book. But the stories were to encourage other people. There's people right now that are like Mama Mamie. They find themselves at the point in their life where they're not able to function like they used to. They're finding themselves where they, the driver's license, they're not sure whether to renew it again. They're not sure whether to renew their lease again. They have to be at the mercy of their children or other family members. And some people aren't blessed like Mama Mamie, even they don't have children or their children don't want to be bothered with them. And then you have people like Brother Joe. They were flying high and making good money and doing wonderful things. And all of a sudden, things out of their control took them down to what they would consider the bottom. But again, I just want to encourage you, remind you to spring your clocks, spring forward, bring your clocks back this weekend, but to embrace the season that you're in now. It could be a good season. Embrace it. It could be a bad season. 
embrace it. Not saying you're going to be happy about it, but what is the lesson that you're going to learn about? My season of cancer two times taught me to be more compassionate to people that are ill or that are struggling, that are going through things, going through uncertainty. And out of that came this program just telling my stories. So every Friday, if I can come at 2 o'clock and just sometimes make you laugh, sometimes make you cry, but all the time make you feel grateful and thankful to God for who you are. Until next time, this is Deborah A. Wright at KAZ Radio TV Cleveland just telling my stories. Thank you.